Welcome to Journeys of Teaching. I'm Aaron R. Gearhart. This week we are exploring the journey of Dr. Robert Anderson. Bobby is a nurse practitioner in the multi-specialty ICU at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and works with medical residents and trainees. Bobby earned his DNP from the University of Illinois at Chicago. On the previous two episodes in this podcast feed, we met Bobby and learned about his teaching approaches with trainees and students and heard his stories about empowering his learners and how he designs and fosters a safe and caring learning environment for them. Today, we round out Bobby's narrative as it stands now with a conversation about the ways he helps his students apply their technical knowledge with patients, recognizing patterns within symptoms and methods of care and treatment. When did you feel as a professional that you, that it kind of clicked where you could walk in sight unseen, obviously you have the records to look at and the patients in front of you. When did you feel you could kind of walk in and more or less make decisions that you felt confident in? Like when did that confidence switch kind of flick for you? Was it at Luther? Was it when you're on the job at U of Iowa? Is it now? Do you still feel like you're chasing that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and maybe depending on the day, it's different. Cause that's sort of, you know, oh, totally is. how I feel sometimes, but it totally is. Some days you feel like you're walking in on day one and you literally have no idea what's going on. But, mm-hmm. um, as a nurse, I think it happened it definitely happened at Iowa. Um, I think it, you know, it was, it was probably three, four years into it. Um, but I think, you know, my whole career thus far has been in the ICU. And I think where I finally started to be semi-confident in my decision-making was when I started to realize that the majority of time, this type of patient care in the ICU is pattern recognition. Mm. Um, It's Mr. Jones, Mr. Tom, Mr. Bill. They all presented a little bit differently, but at the end of the day, their physiology is the same. Um, This guy has a pneumonia, this guy has a urinary tract infection, and this guy has an infected hip. Okay, but they're all in shock because of a systemic infection. And so what are the common presenting symptoms of a systemic infection or septic shock? And then the treatment is relatively homogenous across all those different types of presentations. And so when you start to recognize those patterns, um, then I think it makes it much easier. Uh, And yeah, of course, there's always zebras and everything. But um, I think that one of my nurse practitioner instructors phrases was, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. It's probably not a zebra. So don't think about zebras first. Um, And 99% of the time that's right. And so I think it was that pattern recognition. Then you come here in a new role. And I was telling everybody and I was telling my wife, you know, you go into these rooms now as a nurse practitioner, and I've seen these situations before. I've seen patients like this before. But when I used to walk into a room as a nurse, I could look at the person in the white coat and say, what do you want to do? Now I walk in and all their eyes look at me and they say, Bobby, what are we going to do? And you go, 
I'm gonna go change my pants. Is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, but, but my uh, my philosophy, and I'm definitely still learning how to do the job. But my philosophy now has been, as an NP, I'm not going to ask you to do anything if I know I can't reverse it. Mm. So, for example. I go into a room with a patient whose blood pressure is super low. I could very easily grab for a ton of fluid and say, I want you to give them a few liters of fluid. Let's fill them back up and let's get their blood pressure up. But if I know that that patient has terrible heart function and has no kidney function, and if I give them a ton of fluid, they have no way of being able to get rid of that fluid if that was the wrong answer. And instead, my intervention floods their lungs and now they're worse off. Well, then I'm going to think twice about doing that first. I'm not going to be as pattern recognition and reactive then. And so, um, so that's always been my mantra. And when you have a, we have had nurse practitioner students up here before too. Um, and that's something I'll share with them. That's always in my head. I am totally willing to act independently. No problem. As long as I feel as though if I had to reverse it, I could try to reverse it. Sure. So how do you that pattern recognition element is really interesting to me how do you impart that with either the students or the trainees that you're working with does it go back to those one-on-one conversations is it risk management type of discussions like how does what does that look like in practice no i think it is um Honestly, I think you develop pattern recognition and they learn pattern recognition. Um, One of the big ways I think they learn pattern recognition is when we round in the morning, when we walk around and talk about all 20 patients, bang, 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 bang. And you will hear people say, you know, you'll be on the fifth or sixth patient and somebody will say, okay, so just like bed one, Uh, Why don't we volume resuscitate 30 mils per keg? Let's do this, this, and this. And though bed one and bed five presented very differently and are very different humans and all of that, their basic physiology is the same. And therefore, evidence-based treatment would say that their treatment is of the same flavor. And so um, I, I really think that's where it becomes most obvious um, when you start saying, all right, so let's do for bed one what we did for bed five. Exactly. Let's and they do start it. to make those connections the more and more yes. time. Yeah. That's, okay. I think that's where it comes. I think it comes with repetition and I think that's really where it comes in. But, um, but I will say that you can, um, you know, somebody presents like a zebra uh, when really they're a duck, uh, it's very, it's very easy sometimes to miss the pattern and not recognize it and go down a rabbit hole. And at the end of the day, after spending hours and hours and a lot of money doing diagnostic tests to go down a rabbit hole, you realize that at the end of the day, all this was, was your first guess at the very beginning. And so it's, 
I, I listen to you talk about this stuff and I just go back to like, I think assessment would be kind of the, the comp in education and how a lot of times states or districts want to do a standardized way when I think we could take something away from the nursing profession and that assessment could be more di- dynamic and more holistic sometimes. And that's probably going to be the main point I make about the story you just shared. <laughs> so not so. everybody fits in a box. As Bobby shared these stories, I couldn't help but think about math class. As an elementary teacher in Illinois, when the Common Core state standards were adopted, parents and students became frustrated when we wouldn't teach multiplication the quote-unquote old way, applying the algorithm approach by multiplying using place values and adding to find the product. Rather, it is important that students develop conceptual understanding, number sense, etc., to understand what they are carrying out when using algorithms and procedures. Likewise, Bobby fosters pattern recognition with his students while making sure they treat each patient as a unique case deserving of their utmost respect and safe care. The crossovers and similarities between Bobby's work in the ICU and my work within the realm of elementary education were unexpected but profound. I want to thank Bobby for sharing his stories of teaching on this podcast. Next week, we will explore the narrative of Mr. Brian Kinsella, who is an English teacher at East Aurora High School in Aurora, Illinois. My contact information is in the episode description. This is Journeys of Teaching. I am Aaron R. Gearhart, and thank you for listening. <laughs>